It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti with you guys here on the kind of first post-draft edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, at least post-round one of this podcast. And the Panthers did indeed... They obviously made a pick, uh, but they did not trade down like a bunch of us thought they were going to. They ultimately decided to stay at number seven, and they did in fact select Derek Brown, the defensive tackle, out of Auburn. You know, and it makes sense. We we had obviously pegged Brown for quite some time throughout this draft process. You know, we thought I, of course, was starting to think Isaiah Simmons was going to be the pick, and certainly a lot of other Panthers fans. Uh, or out there in Twitter land and all that stuff. All you guys out there at Panthers Nations definitely seem to really harp on the pick a little bit because I, I saw on a, more than one occasion at least uh, some Panthers fans thinking that the team is going to regret not not necessarily taking Derek Brown, but of course taking Derek Brown over Isaiah Simmons, and I, I understand that frustration. Look, we, we talked a lot about Isaiah Simmons and how much he could help this defense, but let's not forget how much Derrick Brown can fit this defense. We talked numerous times about the fact that they they just needed a lot of talent uh, on that defensive line, right? They lost just about everybody for, uh, in free agency from last year. You know, Gerald McCoy, of course, is gone, and lost uh, basically almost everybody you had from last season. You know, you still have K1 short, of course, uh, Brian Burns, but um, it at the defensive line or at the defensive tackle spot, you really don't have anybody, you know? Yeah. You brought in uh, Zach Kerr from Arizona and on the edge, you brought in Chris Smith and Steven Weatherly, but you know, Kerr and Woodrow Hamilton not a lot there. You had to build up that defensive tackle depth, and Derek Brown is a great place to start. And it turns out uh, when they were talking to Marty Herney and Matt Rule about this pick, that's kind of where the pick that that's kind of where the 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 decision was made was the fact that they just feel like he can help the other positions. Uh, Marty Herney actually had this to say about taking Derek Brown over Isaiah Simmons. He said, quote, We had them both pretty close together, obviously. But but we both believe that you start building from the front, and I think that's what Derek does, is he not only helps guys like KK and the rest of the line, but he helps Shaq, he helps the linebackers. He's a big, powerful player that's got a really good first step. He's a three-down player. He Obviously, he helps you against the run, but he really gets pushed up the middle. We met with him several times. I met with him after the season. I really didn't think he would make it to seven, but I believe you start up front, and he's a really good player that can not only stop the run, but really good pass rush up inside for you. And he's absolutely right. We know how athletic he is. We know about 
uh, the pressure he's been putting on quarterbacks, just how good he moves uh, for his size. You know, and of course he started three years for Auburn, 55 tackles, four sacks, just like we said, very, very aggressive, very powerful, and he's going to be a force on that Carolina defensive line, I think, for years to come. Now, you know, maybe that's just GM talk of him saying he didn't think Brown was going to be there at seven. I mean, where did you think, you know, you, you look at the first six picks, who was picking there, and the only other thing you're thinking of is maybe a team was going to trade up for Derrick Brown. But ultimately, as we saw, there really weren't a lot of trades, were there? I mean, we didn't we didn't have our first trade until pick number 13 when the 49ers were on the board and the Buccaneers moved up one spot to ensure that they got Tristan Wirfs. And then we didn't see another pick or another trade until 23 when the Patriots traded the pick to the LA Chargers who came up to get Kenneth Murray. And then we started seeing a couple trades from from that point on. And, you know, I'll skim through, give my thoughts on the first round as a whole in a little bit. But focusing on, you know, obviously the Panthers right now, um, you look at, all, like, all the mock drafts that not just I was posting, but everybody else was posting, you got the sense that Derek Brown was going to be there at number seven. You know, I don't. I don't think a team was really going to trade up for him. You know, there was obviously some some people had concerns about Brown, especially after the combine. You know, we were seeing mock drafts. My my final mock draft had him fall into fourteen. So there was you had to feel there was a really good chance he was going to be there at number seven. Now, as far as uh, the selection of Brown over Isaiah Simmons, I mean, like I said. We, we know what Simmons could have brought to, to the table, but maybe they just felt that Brown was kind of a more surefire position player. You know, maybe they maybe it boiled down to where does Isaiah Simmons fit in Phil Snow's scheme? I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, it was a tough call without a doubt, but... Um, I, I can't fault the Derrick Brown pick because, look, it, it's all about winning in the trenches, right? And it feels like that's kind of what Matt Rule wants to do is, is win in the trenches. And Derrick Brown gives you that and more. And then, of course, Isaiah Simmons wound up going the very next pick to uh, the Arizona Cardinals at number eight. And we knew that if the Panthers passed on Isaiah Simmons, the question would be, would Isaiah Simmons fall a little bit, or would Arizona be a team to snatch him up? Because we knew they were probably going to debate either Simmons or one of the offensive linemen, but the Cardinals likely felt that the value at number eight was too good to pass up. So Simmons did not fall as far as we thought. He did end up going in the top ten, so... You know, good for him. I think, you know, I, I'm curious if you fans out there are going to, and I'm sure some of you will, are going to kind of compare the careers as we move forward, you know, track their careers over the years and compare the two, kind of link the two together because of how much 
Panthers fans seem to have wanted Isaiah Simmons. So they're probably going to be following his career in Arizona and seeing how well he does compared to Derek Brown. But again, I, I don't think we should really, I don't think we should really hate on the pick of, of Derek Brown. Again, it, it's, it was one of the biggest needs on the Carolina Panthers and they filled it with their first round pick. So Derek Brown, seventh overall pick to the Carolina Panthers. Um, I, I will say too, in, in reading the transcript, there was, does sound like there were a little bit of trade talks with the Panthers. Marty Herney said, quote, we had some calls before and during, but really the way it fell, I think for a lot of teams, not only for us, but for the, the other teams behind us, I think they were kind of intrigued with the opportunities they had. When Derek was there, I think Matt and I, we felt very strongly about him. So, sounds like there was a little bit of trade discussion, but in the end, they liked Derek Brown. They, they just wanted to sit at number seven and take him. So, Derek Brown is in the fold now. Now we move ahead to round two. So, the Panthers... Still sitting with their two picks that they had uh, here on day two that they started the entire draft with. They're sitting at number 38 in round two and then, of course, at number 69 in round three. A lot of the cornerbacks, we we know corner is still a big need for this team. Uh, Interior offensive line is still a big need for this team. But you look at the guys that are still on the board. Uh, Cornerback... You know, you've got uh, three guys that uh, made it through the cracks in round one. You've got Jalen Johnson, and, and really I think all three of these guys would be solid fits for the Panthers. You've got Jalen Johnson, you've got Christian Fulton, and you've got Trayvon Diggs all still on the board. So, you know, a bunch of corners. A bunch of corners did go off the board in round one, some very surprisingly. Uh, Damon Arnett is the... I think is the biggest head scratcher that comes to mind among the cornerback position. Um, I was stunned by the AJ Terrell pick by the Falcons, but after thinking about it, I don't hate it too much. Uh, He does seem to fit what the Falcons like in cornerbacks and they likely just wanted to ensure that they got him in round one because maybe they just felt he wasn't going to be there at 47. But Damon Arnett was surprising to me at 19. I did not think, I did not think at all he was a first round pick. Um, I, I think he very well could have been there in round two for the Raiders. At, uh, or excuse me, well, it, I'm sorry, that, that that's my mistake. The Raiders don't have a second round pick because of the uh, the Khalil Mack trade. So maybe this was just them ensuring that they. That they got Arnett. Who knows? Especially with Terrell off the board, because we know the Raiders were linked to Terrell. But those were the two interesting, or two of the interesting picks. Uh, Noah Igbenogany, my my guy throughout this, especially the last few weeks since we've been talking about him. You guys know how much I was a big fan of his. He's off the board. The Dolphins took him at number thirty. Uh, did did not think he was going to go in the first round. I thought he was more of a high day two pick, but you know, good for him. I think he's gonna, you know, I was I was surprised at the time of the pick, especially with uh, Jeff Gladney still on the board. But um, 
you know, I'm excited for Igbenogany, and uh, I thought Miami did pretty well with the the three picks. I was surprised at the Austin Jackson pick, you know, with how raw he is, but overall I thought Miami did well. But they took Igbenogany off the board for the Panthers, uh, but again, there are still three three good corners available in round two should they get there, which I think at least one of them should. Again, you got Jalen Johnson still on the board out of Utah, Christian Fulton of LSU, and Trayvon Diggs of Alabama. Or you can maybe wait on that. You've got guys like Darnay Holmes is still on the board. Trey Pride can be available later. Cameron Dantzler, uh, Javaris Davis, they're all probably day, uh, around three guys. So we'll see how the Panthers attack the board. But I think Christian Fulton and uh, really all three, but especially Fulton and Johnson, I think would be a real nice way to start day two here. Uh, You look at some of the other talent that's still on the board. Uh, Two of the edge guys, or two of the top edge guys are still on the board if the Panthers want to get somebody opposite Brian Burns. A.J. Epinesa is still floating around, though I don't think he's going to last too much longer. Uh, Same with Yitor Gross Matos, he made it out of round one. Uh, Ezra Cleveland, you know, if they want to go offensive tackle, there's still a couple of offensive tackles on the board. Uh, it was pretty pretty interesting, though, to see now that there was all that first-round buzz lately of Ezra Cleveland, but he's still on the board. He was not taken by Cleveland. He was not taken by anybody yet. So he's still on the board. Josh Jones is still on the board out of Houston. Uh, and then maybe... You know, round three, if still available. I, I mean, I don't think Lucas Niang is going to be there, but uh, if they do want to go tackle today, you can go Prince Tegawanogo of Auburn. You can go Matt Part of UConn, uh, or you can go inside. Uh, Matt Hennessy, obviously, is still going to be there as a possibility. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry is on the board. So you've still got some of the top centers because uh, the only, only Cesar Ruiz went on the interior. Um, bunch of wide receiver talent, of course, is still on the board. Denzel Mims, you know, a lot of us thought, a lot of us are starting to think he was going to be a first-round pick, but he's still on the board. And then you're then you're looking at guys like K.J. Hamler, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, uh, LaVisca Chenault, they're still all on the board. And then uh, defense, if we're still looking at linebacker, uh, outside guys like the edge could go Uche, could go Bond. Inside, you know, probably waiting a bit on, uh, you might not see an inside guy for a bit. Logan Wilson, probably the best on the board because uh, Jordan Brooks, surprisingly, was taken. And there, there was starting to be some juice that Jordan Brooks, uh, especially late, you know, really didn't pop till about a day or two ago. But there was starting to be some juice that Jordan Brooks was going to go in the first round, and sure enough, the Seahawks took him at 27. So if the Panthers want to go inside, uh, Logan Wilson, Jacob Phillips, uh, Joe Batchy, they're all probably round three or round four options. So if we're looking at uh, to start day two, like I said, I, I think one of the corners would be a real nice way to start. You really start building up that defense again, you, you build up your front line with Derek Brown, and then you attack corner with one of the guys, or, you know, one of the top guys like Johnson and Fulton, uh, even Xavier McKinney, you know, all the safeties are on the board, not a single safety 
was taken yesterday. So Xavier McKinney is on the board. Uh, Antoine Winfield is on the board. Jeremy Chin's on the board. And, and again, we talked about Jeremy Chin as that kind of discount Isaiah Simmons. So maybe that's the Panthers' plan here. Maybe they decided to go with Derek Brown and pass on Isaiah Simmons, thinking maybe they're going to target Jeremy Chin in round two. But but that was a little surprising to see that, uh, or even Grant Delpitz. You know, if the Panthers feel that they can um, work on his tackling issues and develop him, he could be the guy at 38. So, I mean, there's a lot of secondary guys here. Kyle Duggar's another possibility. There's a lot of secondary guys still available. Again, you know, most of the corn, a bunch of the top corners are off the board, but every safety is on the board. I think that was one of the bigger surprises of the first round was that Xavier McKinney, uh, in particular, as well as all the other safeties, are all still available here. But so again, my t- my top guys would probably be uh, a couple of the corners like Fulton and. Fulton and Jalen Johnson. Uh, again, we could they could go pass rush if they want to go Epinesa or Gross Matos. Tackles possibility uh, for the future after Russell Kung. So Ezra Cleveland's Josh Jones, they're all possibilities. Um, again, they could, or if they want to go some of the outside linebackers as pass rush ability, Josh Uche, Zach Bond, Terrell Lewis. Day three, I would also keep an eye on Akeem Davis-Gaither and maybe even Willie Gay. But Akeem Davis-Gaither, look, this is a, this is a very athletic kid. Uh, can give you some some coverage ability. I think he would be a real nice outside linebacker spot for the Panthers. A good, uh, a good running mate with Shaq Thompson. Um, I think a lot of it certainly depends on how they feel about guys like Jermaine Carter and Andre Smith. And, of course... We know the Panthers are going to get, uh, they're, they're going to mix things up quite a bit with their with their defense, but that's a that's a guy to keep an eye on in round three as well as as Akeem Davis Gaither. So those are just some of the names to uh, to keep an eye on here. Uh, so really excited to see what they do again. The Panthers sitting now at number thirty eight in round two. Uh, the, the Bengals are on the board at 33. Then it's uh, the Colts at 34, Lions at 35, Giants at 36, Patriots at 37, and then the Panthers at number 38. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So why not do a little uh, post-round one mock here, see what we can come up with for the Carolina Panthers using the uh, Pro Football Network mock draft simulator. So let's see what kind of guys we can get uh, here in in the remaining round. So uh, we're on the board here at 38. First five picks in round two in the simulator were... Julian Aquara, Jonathan Taylor, Antoine Winfield, Christian Fulton, 
and Ross Blacklock. So two of the secondary options are off the board. Um, Aguara off the board if we wanted to go edge. But uh, we still have two of the corners on the board. And like I said, I think any of the, the top three that are available would look good with the Panthers. And Fulton's off the board, so it's down to the two. I'm going to go with Jalon Johnson out of Utah. We've touched on Johnson. Thought he looked real good for Utah, so he's available. We'll take him here in round two. So we've gotten our defensive lineman now. We've gotten our corner. Now we can kind of uh, just pick at other players and uh, just grab some guys here. So we're on the board here in round three. And uh, Kyle Duggar's on the board. And, you know, I... I he, he really jumps out, especially here in round three. And I think the uh, the, the ability to, or the possibility of kind of reworking this secondary and bringing a guy like Duggar would be really intriguing here. Uh, we could also go with one of the offensive linemen here with uh, Lucas Niang. And Niang would be an, intriguing here because there's obviously no pressure on him to start right away. But, you know, how does the... How does the coaching staff feel about Greg Little? That's really where this this boils down to. Uh, but Akeem Davis-Gaither is on the board here too. And I just said keep an eye on Davis-Gaither. And I think that's the direction we're going to go in. Because I don't think he's going to be there in round four. I, I think he's going to go top 100. So I have no problem taking Davis-Gaither sliding him in at one of the outside linebacker spots uh, with Shaq Thompson. And I think you start to build a lot of athleticism on that defense. And yes, I know this means we've gone defense, defense, defense uh, with our with the first three picks. But listen, this is about rebuilding the defense, right? This was one of the worst defenses in the NFL last season, especially in the run game. And that's another reason why Derek Brown makes a lot of sense. The Panthers had argu- had one of the worst rush defenses we have ever seen in the NFL. And getting a da- getting a guy like Derek Brown is going to help get the rush defense back to a level where it's competitive, it's uh and it's not a not a joke and not not a laughing stock. Um but the Panthers I think really need to improve that defense so again it's three defensive players first three picks but I think I, I think it makes sense you you build build talent and because we've said the Panthers really need talent on all three levels of the defense and that's exactly what we've done here so we're on the board 113 now I think we can just get talents we can just pick players you know we can go into your offensive lineman here we can go wide receiver and get talent there, but I think you could still get good receivers uh, later in the draft. But I think you've got to attack uh, the interior of the offensive line. And a couple of there's a couple of guys that stand out here. Uh, Logan Stenberg of Kentucky, Shane Lemieux of Oregon, Natane Moody of Fresno State, uh, Jonah Jackson of Ohio State is on the board here too. And um, I think there's a lot of people that think he can go much higher than this. I mean, he's number 138 on this big board on PFN, but I've seen him ranked a lot higher. So is he going to be available in round four? I don't know. 
But I think Jonah Jackson would be a real nice addition to that offensive line. So I think that's the pick we're going to go with is, uh, is Jonah Jackson. Then we get to round five, and uh, a bunch of t- a couple of tight ends are on the board, uh, some of the wide receivers, and I think and you know, we look at running back real quick too. See who's available. Antonio Gibson is still on the board. Michael P. Ryan, uh, Zach Moss, Zach Moss, Zach Moss. I think would be a solid pick here. Um, we've we pegged Zach Moss a little bit to the Panthers, and. Uh, I, I think this coaching staff would probably want to give Christian McCaffrey a bit of a breather from time to time. Um, but the way he's ranked on this board, he might still be there in round six. How about we go... Actually, how about we go with one of the tight ends? Let's go with one of the LSU tight ends here uh, with the Joe Brady connection. Let's go with... Uh, let's just see if Moss is, Moss is still available, as is Sullivan. Uh, but you know what? Josiah DeGuara, too, is is a fascinating prospect. I think... I, I, actually, I actually like DeGuara, and... I don't know. Maybe he provides a little more upside than the others. Um, let's, let's actually go with DeGuara here. And then um, right back on the board, of course, in round, in round five, because we've only got the, the two guys here. And, you know what, let's grab a wide receiver here, and let's grab a guy like John Hightower of Boise State. Uh, you know, he's, he's got some injuries, or he's ha- he has a bit of an injury uh, history. He also was uh, suspended for a bowl game in 2018 after being academically ineligible, but he's, you know, built himself back kind of nice, uh, good size, good athletic score. Let's go with John Hightower here in round five. So we've attacked defense now with the first three picks, and we've gotten some offensive players uh, in in rounds four and five. Uh, back on the board here in round six. And I think looking at the top guy on the board, uh, we're going to get some more edge help here. And this is an intriguing uh, – this is a bit of a sleeper guy. Uh, he's made 49 tackles and eight, or he made 49 tackles, 15 for a loss with eight sacks as a senior. Uh, athletic defensive end, he's shown flashes. Uh, had a good week at the Senior Bowl. We're gonna go with Travis Gibson, the defensive end out of Tulsa, just to add some more pass rush with Brian uh, with Brian Burns. And finally, back on the clock here. Round seven, uh, so we did end up losing Zach Moss. He was off the board, but I am still going to take a running back. I think we can. Uh, I think we're going to go with one of the TCU guys here. Uh, and the guy I actually pegged to the Panthers in round seven in my final mock, and that is going to be Jet Anderson, the running back out of TCU. So to recap. Uh, so we got Derek Brown at number seven. Then we ended up with Jalen Johnson at 38, Akeem Davis Gaither at 69, Jonah Jackson at 113, Josiah DeGuara at 148, John Hightower at 152, Travis Gibson at 184, and Jet Anderson at 221. So solid, solid takeaway there. Again, we we get our talent at all three levels of the defense. 
Uh, we get the depth we need at the interior offensive line. Um, you know, we would probably still need to go out and get a center maybe, but at least Jonah Jackson can help with one of the guard positions. Uh, DeGuara, I think, gives you uh, some intrigue at the tight end position. You get uh, more wide receiver talent in Hightower. We get extra uh, edge rush help with Gibson. And then Jed Anderson to hopefully take some of the pressure off of Christian McCaffrey. But I really like those first three picks. I really like a uh, start of Derek Brown, Jalen Johnson, and Akeem Davis-Gaither. So we'll see if that happens tonight, how they do in day two. Um, before, before we get out of here, like I said, I do want to touch on my thoughts on the entire first round from last night. Because it was certainly a very... Very interesting round one, mostly from the fact that there weren't a lot of trades, uh, the, especially the top of the draft. It really seemed to go to form like we like we kind of thought it was going to be. Uh, the Bengals obviously went with Joe Burrow, number one overall. We knew that was happening. The Redskins went Chase Young at number two. We knew that was happening. The Lions, as we expected, stayed at number three and took Jeffrey Okuda. Uh, the first bit of drama that we thought was going to happen was probably with the Giants, and that was really more which offensive tackle were they going to take or were, were they going to take Isaiah Simmons. And like I said, I thought it was going to be Jedrick Wills because of the Alabama connection, but it actually an- ended up being Andrew Thomas, the Georgia offensive tackle. Now, Andrew Thomas is probably the most pro-ready, and that maybe was what likened the Giants to, to him, uh, more of a safer pick, I guess, and probably the guy that can eventually be ready the quickest to step over to left tackle. Now, he can start at right tackle for the Giants because they've still got Nate Solder, but eventually you're going to see Thomas kick over the left tackle. So that was the first kind of surprise, but not really all that s- stunning. Uh, then the Dolphins did go with Tua Tungavailoa, at number five. So I got the quarterbacks flipped in my final mock as it was two of the Dolphins at five and the Chargers did take Justin Herbert at number six. And, you know, it's funny how those things work out. You know, it was all about the tank for Tua for the Miami Dolphins. They were supposed to lose all these games and take Tua with the number one pick. They end up winning five games, building a winning culture, and they still get Tua with the fifth overall pick. So, you know, congrats to the Dolphins. It was a it was a it was a great start to the night for them. And then Justin Herbert, I think, makes sense for Oregon. I think Anthony Lynn is someone that's gonna, you know, help tailor the offense to him. And it's could make it kind of similar to, you know, the spread that they ran at Oregon. So I'm I'm interested to see what Herbert does with the Chargers. And he can sit for a little bit because they've got Tyrod Taylor. So Justin Herbert. Uh, I think it's a good fit for the Chargers. Brown or the Panthers, of course, then took Derek Brown at number seven. Cardinals went with Isaiah Simmons. Jaguars did go with C.J. Henderson. Did it? Did get their replacement at the uh, cornerback position with the ninth overall pick. And then the Browns wrapped up the top ten by taking Jedrick Wills. A lot of us thought the Browns were going to trade out of this spot, but 
They end up staying put and taking Jedrick Wills. The Jets get their offensive tackle as well. They went with Makai Becton. Raiders made Henry Ruggs the first wide receiver off the board. But listen, speed kills, right? The Raiders always seemed like a team that was all about speed. And, you know, even with now John Gruden and Mike Mayock running the show. But Henry Ruggs is the pick. And then we finally had our first trade of the night. As the Buccaneers moved up one spot, I guess, to ensure that they got the last remaining big four offensive tackle. And that was Tristan Wirf. So the Buccaneers did what we all thought they would set out to do, and that's get that offensive tackle to protect Tom Brady. Listen, they're pushing all their chips into, into the middle of the table, and this is this was one of those moves. And it only cost them, I think, a fourth-round pick, which San Francisco eventually traded again, which we'll get to in a little bit. But it only cost the Bucks a fourth-round pick to move up one spot to ensure that they uh, that they would get Tristan Wirfs. And then after trading back one spot, the 49ers at 14 took Javon Kinlaw, the defensive tackle, out of South Carolina. We knew it was a possibility that the 49ers would effectively replace DeForest Buckner with a guy like Javon Kinlaw, and that's exactly what they did. So that defensive line just continues to look scary with Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead and now Javon Kinlaw. Really excited to watch that D-line in action. And it actually helped the... This ended up being a real good scenario for the Broncos. We thought they had to trade up for a wide receiver. They ended up getting their choice of Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb and were able to stay at number 15. And they did end up going with Jerry Judy. I, You know, they couldn't have gone wrong, I think, with either pick. But it was Jerry Judy. Then the first kind of surprising pick of this draft, and that was A.J. Terrell, the corner out of Clemson, going to the Atlanta Falcons at number 16. But again, it does seem like the Falcon, or Terrell, um, kind of fits what the Panthers kind of needed, so, or what the Falcons kind of needed. So it's... It's not all that bad, and especially with some of the other picks that were made, it's definitely not the most surprising pick of round one. Uh, but this pick certainly was just because of the value that it ended up providing. The Dallas Cowboys selected CeeDee Lamb at number 17. There were not a lot of us that thought Lamb was going to be on the board at 17. And I think it was Jane Slater, I think, tweeted that the Cowboys said that they had C.D. Lamb number 6 on their board, and they got him at number 17. I'm stunned they made uh, this strong of a pick. I mean, look at that offense now. You've got Amari Cooper, you've got C.D. Lamb, you've got Michael Gallup, and then, of course, Zeke Elliott in the backfield and a strong offensive line. I mean, this is a really good-looking offense now. You know, they still got to... They still, of course, have to address defense, but I tell you what, they're certainly going to put up a lot of points on offense, that, that's for sure. So, And it certainly made Eagles fans very upset, because Eagles fans really wanted CeeDee Lamb, and they were hoping the team would trade up for him. They did not, and now they watch CeeDee Lamb go to their division rival. Dolphins at 18 went with Austin Jackson. I was more surprised by this just because... 
he was a raw guy and he's a top 20 pick, but there's, there's obviously a lot of room to develop for Austin Jackson. And, um, you know, this is still a, a progressing team. So, so I can, I can understand the pick and look, they needed offensive tackle bad. So, and they felt Austin Jackson was the best on the board. Then the Raiders were on the clock at 19, and this was really a head-scratcher to me, and like we alluded to earlier, Damon Arnett, they went with at number 18, or at number 19. I was really surprised to see him go in round one. I thought he was a day two guy, especially more probably uh, round three, but the Raiders made him a top 20 pick. It definitely feels like a John Gruden pick, as everyone else on Twitter was saying, but he was the guy. Uh, Kalevon Chason goes to the Jaguars at number 20. Eagles, fans at this point wanted Justin Jefferson. They went with Jalen Rager, the wide receiver out of TCU. But look, Rager's going give to give the Eagles a lot of speed and a lot of deep threat ability, which is kind of what this team needed. So I don't I don't hate the pick. I'm, I'm good with Jalen Rager. Uh, Justin Jefferson did go uh, the pick after to the Vikings at 22. Then we finally had our second trade where the Chargers moved up to 23, swapping with the Patriots to take Kenneth Murray. Uh, needed some linebacker help for sure with outside of Denzel Perryman. Uh, got to eventually replaced Thomas Davis. Saints then went with Cesar Ruiz. You know, we didn't think offensive line was really a possibility for the Saints, but Ruiz and Eric McCoy in the middle of that offensive line I think is going to be really nice. You know, they're, they're trying to protect Drew Brees. They're still in that small window of hope and Ruiz could you know it definitely helps build that offensive line so I like that pick then the Niners actually traded up we did not really think the the Niners would be an option to trade up with how few picks they had we thought they were going to trade down from 31 but they ended up trading up from 31 to 25 actually sending two uh day three picks to the Vikings including the one that they acquired from Tampa in the in that trade. They move up six spots to take Brandon Ayuk, the wide receiver out of Arizona State. So, so Ayuk does go in the first round. And then the Green Bay Packers trade up four spots to number 26 to take Jordan Love, the quarterback out of Utah State. That was, when they traded up, we thought it was going to be for a receiver. We thought it was going to be for Denzel Mims, but nope, it was for Jordan Love. And it was pretty ironic, too, that ESPN2 yesterday showed the 2005 draft, a.k.a. the Aaron Rodgers falling to number 24 draft. And look what happens here. The Packers at number 26 trade up to effectively take Aaron Rodgers' replacement. Now, is is this going to be like when the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers? Is Jordan Love going to be sitting for about two or three years before he finally takes the field? We'll see. You know, there was a lot of questions about this pick, but uh, Jordan Love does go in the first round. He does get traded up for it, too. So I was kind of right in that sense, just uh, not the right team. I had the Patriots as such team. It winds up being the Packers. Jordan Brooks... Like we, we, we touched on him earlier when we talked about the linebackers. He does end up being a surprise first-round pick going to the Seahawks. The interesting thing about this, too, was apparently the Seahawks hadn't even talked to Jordan Brooks since the Combine. 
But uh, Joe Fan brought up an interesting argument that maybe they did that to not tip their interest in Jordan Brooks. But he's the pick of 27 to the Seahawks, which created great value for the Ravens at 28. They went with Patrick Queen. Uh, I, th- I thought that was an easy pick. They need the linebacker help, and he's now the third linebacker off the board. So great fit there. Titans went with Isaiah, or Isaiah Wilson, the uh, other Georgia offensive tackle. Dolphins took my guy Noah Igbenogany at number 30. Vikings went with Jeff Gladney. So I think I ended up actually nailing those team and match fits. Justin Jefferson and Jeff Gladney. So that was pretty interesting. And then the Chiefs take Clyde Edwards Elaire at 32. And now, oh my gosh, is that offense even scarier than it already was. I I can't listen. This guy is Brian Westbrook 2.0, and it, it makes a lot of sense because it's Andy Reid coaching. Oh my goodness, that offense now, as if it wasn't scary before. Look, the the Chiefs, the Chiefs are making a run in it. They know they've got the window here to try to win some Super Bowls. I mean, look at this point, you really have to consider a strong possibility that the Chiefs are going to repeat as Super Bowl champions. I mean, there's this team just does not does not look like it's slowing down. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So that's the first round. Again, the Panthers, Derek Brown, number seven. Uh, got some corners on the board, safety. So a lot of different ways they can go. We'll see what happens. Um, I'll, of course, be back. Um, I'll likely be back Monday. I might come back tomorrow. To recap, day two, depending on uh, you know my schedule and things like that, uh, probably more likely I'll just be back on Monday to recap the draft as a whole. Uh, so, so with that, hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy the rest of the draft. Hope the dra- hope the picks go as uh, as smooth for you guys. Hope you guys enjoy every single pick that the Panthers make and every single pick that all the NFL teams make. So we want this to be a happy experience. Uh, so I'm out of here. Again, have yourselves a good weekend. Take care. Stay safe. I am out. We will see you Monday when we do it again here on the Locked on Panthers podcast. Until next time, Bill Rossetti signing off. Take care, everybody. We'll see you Monday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 